Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. All right, we are live. Um, today, I want to introduce to you Abby, who is going to go through her birth story with her son, Anders. So welcome, Abby. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, so if you want to start, you can kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do and all that jazz. Yeah, so I'm Abby Beckwith. I was Abby Broughton. I grew up in North Dakota, not too far away from Sophie in Winemere. Uh-huh. And we kind of knew each other through FFA and just sports and things in high school. Uh-huh. And then I, after college in North Dakota, I moved down to Nebraska for dental school. And that's where I met my husband, Bo. We met at the beginning of COVID on the online dating app called Bumble, actually. And um, for a while, my we told my in-laws this and my father-in-law thought that it was a bar in Omaha, but it's a dating app. So that's kind of funny. But um, now we, we ended up dating for a year, got engaged and then got married four and a half months later. And then about two weeks into marriage, we got our positive pregnancy test and we were super happy about that. And that's where we are now. I'm currently in dental school at Creighton. I'll be a dentist in a little over five months so it's pretty oh my thing just said something about lost connection well we're good can you still hear okay. me yes yeah okay we're good um yeah and don't you do some like uh renovation stuff too <laughs> yeah so it turns out dental school is really expensive and so we tried to in order to help pay tuition we have some rental properties and we do airbnbs and so we'll like buy a property that's kind of under the weather and then rehab it and get it ready for some long-term tenants we have and then also some Airbnb short-term rentals. So that's a fun side hobby project that I love doing. (laughs) I must be keeping you busy with doing dental school, a baby, and rental properties. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I never have to wonder what I should be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So exciting though. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about, um, your pregnancy, like how, uh, were you guys planning to like have a baby right away and like how everything went for you if you wanted to do that? Yeah. So we were really open to it and we're excited to have a baby right away if it happened, but so many people around us, it had been taking them like six months plus to conceive. And so we were just kind of thinking, well, if it's going to take us a while, we may as well get started now and kind of try to see if we have any issues or anything. And um, sure enough, we didn't. So that was, that was really exciting though, but we couldn't be happier. My husband just kept saying like, I can't believe it. Like we're so lucky that we were able yeah. to right away. So we felt very grateful and blessed for that. Um, and then throughout pregnancy, I kind of knew that I wanted something more natural, but I hadn't really dove much into it. I just heard a few things from friends. I guess you don't really, I didn't feel like I needed to care until it actually happened to me, but throughout pregnancy, it was really pretty normal and healthy. I did have quite a bit of morning sickness for the first it started like clockwork at week seven. And so I was just, I was living 24 seven on Unisom, which is actually a sleep aid. Um, and so that's, it works better doing Unisom and B6, but I was, I have no clue how I did that semester of dental school. Cause I, I would throw up so much and was on Unisom 24 seven throughout the first trimester. But I remember taking, like I would take Tums because that would make 
throw up burn less coming up. So I'd literally be like in the middle of an oral surgery procedure, pulling someone's tooth out and then like be like, sorry, assistant, go puke and then come back. So yeah, it was actually pretty nasty and I don't know how I made it through, but somehow I got my transcript back and I'm like, wow, I guess they, they passed me that semester. So that was good, but (laughs) made it through. And then after that, I was able to keep um, I guess for exercise, I mainly did yoga and walking and kind of low impact stuff like that. But it definitely, the days that I would get movement, I would feel a lot better. It's just was easier on my body doing that. And I started doing a lot of um, prenatal pelvic floor PT, which was helpful for keeping that all in shape and preparing for labor. Yeah, yeah. agreed. agreed. Uh, I also took the Unisom stuff mm. too. So I feel that it's like it helps you not be nauseous, but then like you're dead tired because it's yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, like I remember looking at the clock, being like, I can't wait till it's eight p.m. so I can go to sleep, and I would like take my dose and fall asleep and sleep from like eight to seven each day. Yeah, that uh, that pregnancy uh, tired fatigue is like nothing else. Yeah, it's like not even possible to fight through. You know, like in normal life, I could fight through it and kind of buck up and get through it. Yeah, there's no option. You have to sleep. (laughs) The only way I can like describe it is like if you have been at the lake on the water outside in the sun all day Mm -hmm. long, and that evening, you know how you're just so tired from being in the sun all day long. That's how it is for like. 40 weeks. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I can't imagine doing it like the second time around with the little kid running around. I know. I know. Um, So when you got pregnant and you were going through your pregnancy, um, how did you decide on like your birth plan and your care team and all of that jazz? So I'd heard about midwives before but I didn't really know the difference between OB and midwives, but I had a good friend who had given birth at the this birth center that was supervised by midwives. And so then I thought, okay, cool. I'll just go here for my the first appointment, which was around 11 weeks, and mm-hmm. see what I think about it. And so then my husband and I went there, and he was a little bit more apprehensive than I was because, I mean, I had always heard about people going to OBs and receiving the yep. traditional care. And so then once I learned more about midwives, I was like, okay, it seems to fit my vibe because I'm like healthy, have nothing going wrong in this pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. um, I really like my main goal in all this was to avoid a C-section because I knew that I didn't want to have to rehab and do all of that. And so then I read about the statistics that midwives, like the outcomes of birth are a lot fewer c-sections and so then that's what got me thinking and um, mm-hmm. helped me to choose that in the birth center it happened to only it happens there's only one birth center that I know of in the state of Nebraska and it's nine minutes from our house so it was also the closest place to give birth so that kind of sealed the deal um yeah that's so nice <laughs> yeah then I was like because we're um get a move after dental school and I won't be as close to this anymore. So I was like, okay, this is, this is my sign. Like I need to yeah. do this. Like, you know what it's like growing up here and having like the closest hospital be an hour away. Uh, yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I definitely, I felt so spoiled doing all this childbirth and like everything in Nebraska and Omaha. Yeah. Did you like your midwife and stuff like that? We did. So it's actually uh, at the practice. It's at CHI Emanuel Hospital and mm-hmm. it's a birth center within the hospital. And so it all that it is is two special rooms mm. that are the, the birthing rooms and then the midwives I just go to in a normal clinical setting. And so there's three midwives. One was kind of a hippie. She was really fun. One was um, kind of more normal. And then the one that I really liked the most, she seemed to have 
just like a, a really great presence about her where I felt very confident in her care. And it we didn't get to choose who we had. It was just whoever was on call. So throughout all my prenatal appointments, I would rotate through all three of them. And then mm-hmm. very luckily, Erica, the one that I liked the most, she had just this calming, like everything's under control. You're safe. You're happy. Like yeah. that's who was on call for our birth. So I was very happy about that. Yeah. So then going through your pregnancy, did you kind of start um, making any plans for like how you wanted your birth and like your, um, let me think, like your plan or your preferences for that? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of my information, as soon as I started liking certain Instagram pages about birth, more and more started coming. So I feel like that's where I learned so much. And I had some similar natural minded friends who were also pregnant with me at the same time. And so we would kind of chat about that. And a lot of the preferences, as I started diving into more, I knew that I wanted to breastfeed and I knew that I wanted a more simple recovery than a C-section. And so like kind of backtracking from that, I realized, wait, I don't want an epidural because that could make my baby drowsy for the first 24 hours and like more mm-hmm. um, tricky introduction to breastfeeding. And I did it. I just wanted throughout my pelvic floor PT, they were saying how helpful it is to stay moving throughout labor and to try these different positions. And I was like, wait, I couldn't do that if I um, had an epidural and couldn't move. Um, and right. so a lot of those things. It just kind of started. I saw my goals and then seeing how I could backtrack and achieve those um, kind of helps to develop my birth plan. And then when in an, uh, around 20 weeks or so, we hired a doula. I interviewed a few and ended up coming up. We found one that was the best fit for us and hired mm-hmm. her. And then she helped to kind of develop the birth plan and go through and say, yes, no, yes, no to all of these different things. And so then I had this PDF birth plan that I brought and shared with the nurses during labor. Love that. that. Um, Did you do any like birth, but I know you said you did pelvic floor um, PT. Did you do any other like classes or birth preparation or anything with your doula? Yeah, our doula group, they actually offered a birth class. So we took that on a one cold January day and we just sat inside the whole day and like listened to it. It was kind of the more intensive class that you got done in a whole Saturday. And that was really good for my husband too, because Bo came along to that so that we knew all this terminology because I mean, he had no clue. I had no clue of a lot of it. And so that was really helpful. And it just went over things about like how the husbands can help during the labor process and everything. Yeah. So that was super helpful. And it also is kind of fun seeing, meeting the other couples who are in the same spot as us. And then I also yeah. took a um, breastfeeding class too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Where did you take that from? The same place? There's actually this nonprofit in Omaha called Milkworks. And what it is, is it's a like community centered breastfeeding place mm-hmm. clinic and they have a bunch of ibclc's and an M- it's ran by an md um, and it's all centered around helping women in the community breastfeed nice. and do it effectively you have all yeah. the resources there i know i feel so lucky i'm like i can't even imagine i'm glad that i'm having this all for my first baby because we're gonna move yeah. away from all of this very soon but soaking it all where do you think you're going to move to We'll move to two hours away from here, Albion, Nebraska. It's where my husband will farm. His dad's ready to transition out. So we'll live our little Nebraska farm family life coming up soon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it'll be a little bit warmer than here at least. (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, let's start going into, I know you went overdue. So if you want to, you can kind of chat about, maybe how those last couple of weeks felt for you being overdue and then like kind of transition into going into how you went into your birth if you wanted to. Yeah. So I was prepared since I so adamantly didn't want 
I really didn't want to be induced and I really didn't want a C-section. So that's how I was like, I'm fine waiting as long as I want for this baby to come out. Um, mm-hmm. And the it seemed like after 30, between 35 to 38 weeks, I think that it was so hard for me to breathe because mm-hmm. I think that his head was all the way up in my lung or feet or whatever but I guess was all the way up in my lungs, but then it seemed like he really started dropping. And so mm-hmm. those last few weeks, I went supposedly 41 and six, um, at, starting at 40 weeks, it seemed like he really dropped. And so then I could breathe a lot easier and mm-hmm. I got actually kind of comfortable because I wasn't feeling like I had to throw up all the time. I wasn't, um, super tired. It was more difficult to move, but I could still walk. I was still doing dentistry. I did a root canal at like a little over 41 weeks and pulling <laughs> teeth and doing all this stuff. So I hope Anders wants to be a dentist someday, but um, he was with it for it all. Yeah. So then it kind of actually felt somewhat comfy. Um, and I felt so weird admitting this because everyone around me was like, I can't wait to be done. Like I'm so uncomfy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he but just, I was kind of like, ah, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Were you feeling any, like, impatience or, like, come on, let's get this this on the, like, because I know you said you went to 41 and 6. Did your midwives have anything, like, were they pressuring you to do anything or anything like that? Well, they kept saying, because this is so hard to believe, but I – Starting at 40 weeks, I was like, wait, I'm kind of actually curious. Can you check me? And so then I was at four centimeters and like 80% of faced at 40 weeks. So they were like, mm-hmm. oh, you won't make it through the weekend. I think my point one was on a Friday. They're like, we'll see you in the next day or two. Yeah. And then I kept showing up to the next appointment. And then I would do non-stress <laughs> tests. I think I did three or four of them every few days they would have me do that and he kept passing with such like flying colors like good fluids good heart rates and Mm -hmm. everything um and so then I got to I was like five centimeters was what I was at and so I was walking around at that for like almost two weeks it was (laughs) wild (laughs) and they kept being like we'll see you tonight we'll see you tonight but it never did happen. And I got a membrane sweep when I was 41 weeks because I was scheduled for an induction on June 17th. That was a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I hit 42 weeks, then that's when they said that I had to be induced. Um, and it was yeah. going to be a awesome drip. Yeah. So, so did you, you went right before that? Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so kind of take us along your like first, I guess, signs of labor besides being already five centimeters dilated. Yeah. So I, I was having a lot of Braxton Hicks and I kept, I kept telling people, I was like, I just want to go into my non-stress test appointment and have them be like, surprise, you're in labor because I, I was like, I have to be, don't I? But I guess I wasn't. And so I just kept having a bunch of Braxton Hicks. And then I had a membrane sweep that Monday. Um, so, and then had some, like some light contractions after and a little bit of mucus and blood, but nothing that was indicative of labor. And then that Wednesday, so two days later, I went in and had another membrane sweep and mm-hmm then that's when labor kind of started getting going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So after that, it was, I think I had an 8 a.m. appointment, non-stress test. He passed well. And then my husband, Bo, was having some tooth pain. So he went into the dental clinic because I didn't have a patient scheduled since I was supposed to be like at home with my newborn. Um, and I did his x-rays and exam and found the source of his pain and stuff. And was like, we'll have to do this treatment after. Um, so we didn't, funny. we didn't do the stiff <laughs> film then. Yes. And then it came home and it was about noon and threw in a pizza in the oven, Valentino's for any other uh, Valentino's fans out there. And then at one thirty, sure enough, the contractions started like clockwork and I was bouncing on my ball and they were timeable. They were within that four minutes. Like they were each, whatever, I think over a minute long coming every four to five minutes. And so we called our doula then 
Um, and also called the birth center just to let them know things were kind of starting. Um, we're like, finally, it's, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I like, okay. Because I could tell because I kept waiting. I was like, well, maybe women don't know when they're in labor. Like maybe I actually am and just don't know. But then I could tell I was in labor like because yeah. I would have to kind of focus more throughout these contractions and it felt noticeably different. It was mm-hmm. like really tightening of the stomach and the back. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. way more than Braxton Hicks. So then did you after, so how long did you stay at home before you ended up going to um, the birthing center? So we called her doula and she was ready to come whenever we wanted, but she, she was like, it sounds like you guys are doing fine there. Do you want me to wait? So I was like, yeah, sounds good. And so then three hours later at four 30, she came over and she just helped us. Cause I was still in the early, mm-hmm. was it early, early labor. How does yeah. that go, Sophie? Is it early labor, active yeah. labor? Early labor, active labor, transition, pushing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So we were still at early labor at home. And she was good friends with the midwives too. So she was just like texting them, keeping them updated. Because the midwife oh, would okay. have to drive in, I think, half an hour or 20 minutes. So we stayed at home and we cooked supper, ate supper. And she just helped. She's like, we did the mile circuit. Mm-hmm. Since she arrived at 4.30. So from 4.30 to 8, we were at home. Mm-hmm. And then I was in the bathtub. Like, I would pour water over myself during the contraction. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think what else we did. We were walking on the stairs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, She's just trying to help the baby descend. Yeah, just doing all the good there. things. Yes. Yeah. And I was sitting on the toilet backwards. That actually was amazing. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. And I'm like, man, I feel like I should try that next time. (laughs) Yes, It was so good. And she said that our body naturally, because when we sit on the toilet, like my mind, our minds prepare to go to the bathroom. She said that it's just like a relaxation of the pelvic floor and everything. Yeah. Yeah. why it works. It's, funny yeah. though. it's funny to think about I actually have a friend who uh I I want to interview her as well but she had a home birth and she ended up actually like having her baby on the toilet oh my. <laughs> uh, yeah it was third baby so oh man I don't even think the midwife made it to her house in time. I think her husband caught it. So, oh my goodness! Sometimes, uh-huh. guys, if you are uh, really in labor, be careful on the toilet. Apparently, yeah. they call it the dilation station. Yeah, and I think that's for a reason because it just like really progresses a mom. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. So, did you kind of um, at what point did you decide like, okay, we should go in? Um, and get ourselves situated. So she could tell, like, as I was sitting in the bathtub and I would take a cup and pour the water over my belly during the contraction and just like do the breathing of humming and breathing out. And her gauge, our doula's name was Mariah. She could tell like one, cause before I could kind of like talk throughout the contractions, but then I would like go silent. Like I needed to focus throughout the contractions. Mm-hmm. And so that was that's is that active labor I was yeah. starting to get into active labor and I threw up a few times um as yeah. we were packing up and getting ready to go and that was just like I'm just a thrower upper like yeah I guess yeah and that's how my body handled the pain and so then we drove the nine minutes which felt like way longer than nine minutes <laughs> <laughs> and I had like some contractions in the car um and then the midwife met us at the door of the hospital and then we went all the way up to the birth center room um and then got settled in there and so that was nice. around 8 p.m yeah or 8 30 probably by the time we got settled in Mm-hmm. And the room, it was so zen. It was, it looks more like a master bedroom. It had a queen size bed that has like a waterproof casing on it and everything, but they mm-hmm. had sheets over it. So I couldn't tell that, but that's just, some people have asked, they're like, isn't that nasty? Um, <laughs> it wasn't. And then a big jacuzzi tub. And so they had the bath going. So then when I got there, I just got right into the bath and 
hung out there for a bit throughout the contractions. And they they had to check me because to be at the birth center, you have to be at least six centimeters dilated mm-hmm. and 100% effaced. Or, or I, I don't know. I was six centimeters and 100%. So I qualified to be there. Because um, they want us to wait until we're at least that in active labor to go to the birth yeah. center. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which I guess is probably different than some hospital settings. Yeah, I think a lot of um, just like any settings, like they take into consideration how people, how far people have to drive, and how many kids they've had, and how fast their labors have went. Yes, you know, you know, like sometimes moms will have like their second or third kid, and their first labor only lasted. 10 hours so if they go into labor they know maybe their second's going to be five and they yeah. might have to be yeah. you know <laughs> i have uh-huh. a friend who had a four hour start to finish labor <gasps> and i'm like yeah i'm like oh you better prepare to run next time <laughs> was that the first no i was her second okay wow so, that's wild yeah like when we were doing our doula training the instructor was like, yeah, those second babies, those are the ones you got to watch out for. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's good for me to know. (laughs) Right. Okay, we can keep talking about you. (laughs) So when when you got there, how long, or you just got right into the tub, and then did you, like, how much longer did it take till you could kind of realize, like, Maybe I'm going into transition and all that jazz. So I felt like I was laboring a lot. So then I got out and we were walking around. I was bouncing on the ball. Like I did some swaying while hanging on both shoulders. And then so that I think that had been like two hours or so or an hour and a half. And so then she's like, well, let me like because I just wasn't showing any signs of anything else going on. And they thought that maybe my body could sense the doula and the midwife, Erica and Mariah, they were like, well, maybe you're kind of stalling out just being in a new environment, having to go through that car ride and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they checked and I was still around the same. Mm-hmm. And so then they said, okay, we're just going to give you an hour to relax. Like you and Bo just hang out. We're not going to disturb you or anything. Just like, just have special couple time before your baby gets here and just completely don't worry about anything labor or anything. So they just said, we won't disturb you for an hour. So they like locked us in, not locked us in the room, but they went and got separate, <laughs> did whatever they were doing. And that was kind of freeing to be like, okay, there's no pressure. We're just supposed to hang out and relax, which yeah. I very much so could not relax at that point because I was in active labor and having tough contractions. But I think that that allowed my body, my mind to just kind of switch to like, okay, you're safe. You're happy. Like it's good here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just appreciated that they took into consideration the emotional, psychological part of the um, mom's like a birthing mom's brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice that they, instead of being like, well, we could give you this, we can give you that. They were like, we'll just leave you alone and let you yes. figure it out. Yeah, and they made Bo take off his shirt, and they were like, you guys need to, like, hug a lot and stuff. And then I come back later when I was chatting with my doula a few, like, a while later. She's like, we were hoping you guys were having sex then. And I'm like, that's the last thing I would have wanted. But, like, they were just trying to get, like, the natural oxytocin to flow. Right, Um, yeah. That's that's amazing. So amazing that they were so just like letting you take control. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt really good about that. And she did offer, I guess before that hour she offered, she's like, do you want me to break your waters? Cause I guess they were like bulging, bulging. or yeah, like really close to it. And I was like, no, let's just, I just want to give my body some more time. And so then that's when they decided to give us the hour of just. Yeah. Like, so did that help time. after that hour? Yes, it definitely, like, the contractions were definitely super strong and everything. Um, And then throughout all of this, like, I was, the first time I got to the birth center, they did have to check me to, like, make me eligible to be there. But then I was kind of curious myself. Now that I've learned more about cervical checks, I'm not sure if I would have gone for all of it. But 
-hmm. at the time it just helped my mind I wanted it whatever yeah Um, yeah I don't know I'm curious you're probably like a numbers person you're kind of you're in the medical field and like you went through all the school for so many things and some people just need to know those numbers to stay motivated so that's fine yeah and I know for some some moms it's like uh I don't want to know that it would stress them out yeah for me it helped to relax me and be like oh finally it wasn't worth for nothing yeah yeah so then at like 10 o'clock they checked me and I was at six and a half and I was like all that work I can't be and so then at that point well maybe this was more like 11 30 or 12 I guess I labored more and everything and so then around midnight I did say yeah you can break my waters and then bam that got things moving fast Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Anders had just descended likely and like got me to 10 super quick and then Mm -hmm. I moved into the tub and started my pushing yeah yeah and so once I was in the tub and pushing it would it felt like an out-of-world experience Mm -hmm. like looking back on it now I can't even I don't know it was so wild I think that that must just be the natural like rush of hormones and everything happening because as each I could before then how I described it, it felt like I was on a roller coaster throughout the contractions, but that I would just tell when I was like at the top of the roller coaster starting to like experience the contraction. But then throughout pushing, I could tell when the contraction was starting to come and I I would almost like brace myself and I would try to like get loud or like scream or something, but they were like, no, low humming. And so (laughs) like low humming and like making those tones throughout it all, even though I didn't want to do that, but that did help to keep my body relaxed. And then they would see when my like shoulders were getting tense, they'd be like, um, relax, Abby. And like relax your shoulders, like focus on the fact that you're going to meet your baby soon and just positive affirmations like that. But I would feel these contractions coming on and it was almost worse because I could, I knew it, it was coming and it like hurt so, or it was so intense. I don't know if like hurt was the right word, but just so intense. And so I would kind of like feel the contraction coming on and then almost float in the water um, and then move through the contraction. And yeah, so I guess I pushed for an hour and a half. Uh, and then as, that was what that was a long time <laughs> or wait it was can you be an active labor or like pushing i'm not sure no it was 40 minutes now but i guess maybe i was yeah sometimes i'll have you do like practice pushes and you'll do like pushing for a while and then it's like the baby's head is like actually coming out and then it's like the real shit. Okay. <laughs> when I but was yeah. reading through my notes on my chart after, it said that I pushed for 44 minutes. So whatever their definition of that is. Right. You're like, no, it was I, way longer than that. <laughs> I, yeah, it felt way longer than that. But according to them, it was 44 minutes. But I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And then it turns out that... I don't know if this is true, but the midwife was like, your legs are kind of getting stuck in the tub because I'm really tall. I'm six foot. My husband's six, eight. So we're like a very tall couple. And I, I kept like pushing his head. They kept wanting me to touch his head, but I was like, no, that's like, that freaks me out. So I didn't do that. (laughs) I don't know why it freaked me out, but then it would push. I would push and his head would come out a little bit throughout the mm-hmm. hole for the last while. And I guess he was just like kept doing that and we weren't making any progress. So she suggested that I get out and get onto the bed and try pushing there. And all mm-hmm. the while they had been monitoring him with, they have this like underwater heart rate monitor thing that they can put on. So I think she had to do that every half hour 
or something mm-hmm. hour half hour and i guess his tones were starting to get a little sketchy towards the end and so that's how when she suggested she's like okay if you can't get it throughout these next contractions move to the bed and so we were Mm -hmm. I was getting out of the tub and getting ready to move to the bed which was probably 15 feet away and then I just felt the need to drop to the ground on my hands and knees so I dropped to the ground and I remember her saying like I guess we can do it here and so (laughs) then all the nurses came and just put blankets under me um, and then at that point, they, I think I had like one push and then the next one, he came out all the way and we didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl. Um, yeah. So I gave birth on the ground. It was kind of wild. <laughs> did Bo, did your husband Bo get to like announce what he was? Yes. He was in such shock. He like my do or we have this on video. So he did say, he's a boy or something, but I didn't hear him. I just looked down and I was like, Oh my goodness, he's a boy. Because I think that like male genitalia gets so inflamed. Um, yeah. Like, all the hormones and everything. Yeah. So Bo definitely yeah. did announce, but I didn't hear him. Yeah. <laughs> Anders announced himself. He was yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> he is a boy. And then he yeah. wasn't like making as much now because a lot of this the holes were filled in from talking to my doing kind of a birth review with my doula and then watching the video and everything uh and looking at the pictures because i can't i couldn't remember all of this afterwards but um yeah then Bo cut his cord and they had to do a little resuscitation because he had he wasn't like waking up or making any noises oh i I didn't really I didn't really realize this during it all. Yeah. But he ended up being just fine. Yeah. I think it's such like a blur. I wasn't ever scared of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I feel bold. like all the all the adrenaline and the hormones, like right afterwards, it's like like everything just feels really spacey and white. Yeah. Is that my, like yeah. I I was the same way. Like I hardly remember anything from like right after birth. Like hardly mm-hmm. any. And I don't know why. Like I can, I'm just like, I feel like I just blacked out. Yeah. It's so true. And the sense of time is like no other. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's gone. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So after you had him and they got him all fixed up and he was fine, um, what did you do? Like skin to skin? Did you crawl back into bed? Did you tear? <laughs> Well, they had him on bow skin to skin for a while while I was, I had second degree tears. I think I probably wouldn't have torn as much if I like did my final push in the water, but I don't know. Yeah. So I got second degree tears. And at that point, this is weird, Sophie. I didn't even care. They like jammed me with lidocaine and then (laughs) stitched me up. But at that point, it, cause a friend asked me, she's like, did that hurt getting stitched up without an epidural? And I was like, I honestly don't even know. I think I know. because it is like that huge rush of oxytocin and adrenaline and everything. Um, and you're just relieved that it's over. Yeah. I was like, oh, finally. Like, I never thought this moment would come. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, it did. And then my doula, she stayed after and helped us get his initial latch on because mm-hmm. that took a while. I mean, I kept like, I had no clue how to hold him and position and everything. And so I actually think that it was probably like an hour to an hour and a half after I chatted mm-hmm. with her. Um, but then he did get his initial latch and everything and they did the newborn screening. So this all happened. He was born officially at 1.39 a.m. And so then I mm-hmm. think we didn't like everyone was gone and everything was done by about 4.30 a.m. But. It takes a while after baby's born to, they had to do some like newborn screenings and all that stuff. Yeah. It does take a long time. Plus if you're breastfeeding and you have to learn how to do that and they take forever, you don't know what you're doing and they don't know what Mm -hmm. they're doing and everything is just chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Because that initial latch, like I expected him because I read about like, oh, they do the crawl and the, like the, during the golden hour and then they... I was like, I just thought he'd just like latch on, but at least that wasn't our case right away. Yeah. I think that 
some babies have the instinct and some don't and that's fine it's yeah sometimes. did Zoran it's a- have that instinct um no 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 okay. definitely yeah. had to shove them on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 for sure so yeah so how long did you stay in the birth center after giving birth so this is kind of wild. I just, I knew no different because this is my first baby. Um, mm-hmm. But we got dismissed at like one forty the next day. So 12 hours later, um, mm-hmm. we got sent home. And at that point, we kind of were ready for it because throughout the whole, the whole time of our stay, nurses kept coming in and like and his hearing tests and all this. So it's not like we ever really went to bed that night. We still like took a little nap but um because they kept checking on me kept checking on him and everything but now I realized they had to get all this testing and everything done within 12 hours because we were getting sent home so then we went home and um we were home for a couple hours and then all my family showed up from North Dakota my parents and my sister um and we kind of called them our home health nurses because literally they were like because Bo and I had no concept of time. And of course, Anders didn't either. And so we would just, they would like make us food, make our bed. And um, I don't know, just like take, take really good care of us for the next few days. But that evening that we got home, so Anders would have been like 18 hours old. My in-laws, Bo's family came too, and his brother, and we invited them all. We wanted this. We wanted people to come over and meet him and, we were still in like such a daze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One second. I'm trying to find my other microphone. I think it died. Oh. Maybe, maybe not. All right. We're back. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, wow, me not preparing for this. <laughs> It's a snow day here today. Don't know oh, if you yeah. we're supposed to get like a foot of snow. That's wild. Yeah. Not looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so after you kind of like went home, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about maybe your postpartum and like breastfeeding journey a bit? Yeah. So after we got home, the midwives came for a 24 hour check, which actually was like 36 hours. They came the next afternoon, Friday afternoon, and mm-hmm. they, or the, it was the hippie midwife. She came over and she <laughs> like checked on me, made sure my bleeding was good, like checked on him as well. Um, and then the next I called Milkworks and I was like, can I just have an appointment? I want to make sure I'm doing this right because I had no clue. Like you can't tell how much he's getting. Like, right. I didn't. I mean, breastfeeding was a two man sport at the beginning because Bo would help <laughs> like hold him up, prop him up, like hold his hands because I didn't want to sit up because it hurt like yeah. to sit up. And I just visualized, like, I loved laying down because I visualized as I sat up, like all this blood rushing out of me, which I know is, <laughs> bad, but I just didn't want that. It didn't feel good to sit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my postpartum, we went to Milkworks, I think on day two and day five. So right before, like before my milk came in and right after, um, and they just, it helps so much meeting with the lactation consultants even if she just gave us like a few tips and told me I was doing it fine like I was doing it right or whatever that just gave so much confidence and knowing and they would do weighted feeds where she would put them on the scale beforehand and then he would nurse and then we'd weigh him after so that I could tell how much milk he was getting Um, yeah yeah and he was a big spitter upper and so then she like weighed him he happened to spit up at the right time so then she weighed him after and we realized he only spit up like 0. 0.4 or 0. 0.2 ounces where it seemed like he spit up his yeah. whole meal. yeah yeah thorn was the same way <laughs> i don't know if you followed like my personal account too but he you would barf after every single feeding probably uh, until he was eight months old like it was uh-huh. so bad disgusting is he still like that or did he kind of grow out of it he really grew out of it 
when he gets sick, he'll throw up, but he really doesn't very much anymore. But it, it was for a solid like four or five months. He's six yeah. months now. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, I feel like it's yeah. nothing like um, medically wrong or anything like that, but it's such a pain in the ass <laughs> to have to like no. clean their car seat all the time and clean their clothes all the time. Uh-huh. And like, they so many outfits because they barf all over it we had the spit rags like we still have them all over our house <laughs> yeah same. my friend was like how many bib or how many yeah how many bibs and burp rags do you bring with when you go places like when soren was little and i was like like five and she's like i think i only own five <laughs> but, yeah life of a barfy baby <laughs> uh, well it's just the sphincter isn't fully formed or developed yet so yeah yeah they don't have it the does. ability yeah so he's about six months now right is what you said yeah. are you guys still breastfeeding we are and he loves it like it's his favorite and- thing to do I'm pretty sure yeah so <laughs> and it, it goes well for me too so I have patients at dental school how it works is I'll have a patient like all morning from say mm-hmm. eight to 11 or 11 30. And so I'll need to have a pump session during that time. And the LVs have actually worked really well for me. Um, I don't, but some moms, they don't, but it just, I could dismiss myself from the patient and go sit on my spectra tied up to a wall for yeah. 20 minutes or however long it is. But that sounds like terrible to me. And so I literally like in the dental clinic, I'll like put in my LVs and pump during the procedure and lots of my patients are elderly and so they can't really hear the best. So it's fine. And even if they could, um, like no one's going to ask what I'm doing. I don't know. I haven't had too many awkward encounters and then I'll literally, I'll just like go empty them in the bathroom or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. fine. Whatever. It's natural. Yeah. And I definitely do have like, cause I know the rights and there's a pumping room that I can go to and all these things, but eh. mm-hmm. that's like, I'm the same way. Like when I, when I work weddings and I would have to pump, I would just like use my portables and just go because I'd rather be doing that than like sitting there being impatient (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I actually think that I get somewhat of a better like letdown and stuff when I'm not thinking about it like being like whoa it's taking forever right now all this stuff yeah probably and if you love doing teeth stuff maybe it's just some natural oxytocin (laughs) I guess (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you have anything else in your postpartum journey to note or anything like that I think that it was so here in Omaha, there's a group of we have this like kind of Bible study group that has turned into just a social group um, (laughs) throughout the last three years. And it somehow happened that all of us had baby boys, um, like five girls. We all had baby boys within three months. And so just that the fact of having that community was so integral because I don't know how I would have done this and like figured out everything without having people around. And I know that that's not a reality for lots of people. And who knows, maybe when I have a second baby, it won't be either, but it was just so helpful having other people to ask, be like, your baby's spitting up all the time, aren't they? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. So I think that having like all the support of the pelvic floor PT and like lactation and midwives doula, and just friends around who had done all this helped so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a great little group to have. And just like, there's such a like importance in like solidarity and just like having people Mm -hmm. around you that are like the same thing and being able to just like send them a picture of you struggling and they'll send you one back of them struggling. And you're like, yay, we're struggling together. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it's like you actually, we, I know that they actually know they're not just saying something to be nice, but they right. know what it feels like. And I do say I had to go back to dental school at nine weeks postpartum and I took national boards and did all this stuff. And Bo mm-hmm. was a saint and like helps out so much as a dad, but 
it's like too much at a lot I don't know <laughs> like going back to work and stuff um yeah I wish that I could have had a lot more time off I wish that we could be like Europe or some other country where we get years off because or like Canada yeah Canada. no kidding <laughs> yeah because well, it's hopefully a lot like, like if you ever have another baby you'll be like done with school and hopefully you can just mm-hmm. kind of like pick you know because like For right sure. now couldn't you like didn't you have to go back because you're like in school kind of a thing yeah and I didn't want to take a whole year off and like delay yeah. graduation and everything so I'm right. glad the choice we made but it's like I think it's fine to acknowledge that it's like really hard and yeah or it was it, it's good it's better a lot better now but yeah. like we had my parents would come a lot Bo's family would come and help and everything because it's a lot like managing the house meals yeah food, yeah yeah making milk while at school yeah yeah all those things yeah because school is super supportive and helpful but like I think people are so nice and helpful at least for me they were during pregnancy because they could clearly see I was pregnant but I needed help way less then than I do now and now they like can't tell because I'm back at school looking normal and everything where it's like no now is when I need you to be nice to me and like go easy on me Um, I agree it's harder like well, then, you know, right away you have the baby and everybody's so excited and they want to come see you and they want to help you for like that first week. And then yeah, everybody just kind of like trickles off a little bit and mm-hmm. then you're down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when you need it the most. Yeah. yeah like the, first, the first week they just sleep so dang much. You're just like, ah, sleep. <laughs> and then they wake up yeah. one day and you're like, ah, crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything else, like any other resources that you would like to share with anybody or any words of advice if you have anything more to say? Oh, I guess postpartum, we're using the Marquette method um, Mm. for like planning our family. And so that's because I didn't want to go on like hormonal birth control or anything like that. And so that's been really good for us. All you do is... I took a class on it um, through feminine. It's called Feminine Genius Ministries out of Lincoln, Nebraska, but they teach all over. It's all virtual. And so that's been really great. Um, so it just tells like if my fertility is low or high. And so on the low days, it's like a 98% effective at preventing pregnancy. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to conceive then. Basically, it's just trying to track when ovulation is starting back up. Right. Basically, yeah. like natural family planning. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's a method of natural family planning. So nice. that's been working yeah. really good for us. Yeah. Anything so. else? That's all. That's it. Well, thank you for joining and sharing your story. It was beautiful. It sounds amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> Your whole midwife group or like the experience just sounds like so warm and welcoming and lovely. Thank you. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. We will see you all in the next one.